0: crisis has reached the highest level good god it's richard nixon our greatest president that's right daddy-o and i need to take your hippie son on a far out
1: musical quest get out of my house you commie Welcome to the World of Tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through the Comedy Central reboot of one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And today we're talking about Season 7, Episode 23, Game of Tones. (laughs) I like how you structured the the title as a question when I don't believe it
0: is, (laughs) Um, throwing me off my holsties. Um, I have a question for you now that you've asked me a question, which yes. was, again, Game of Tones, which, yes, it, the episode is called Game of Tones. and I, you knew that. I don't know why you asked. Uh-huh. Um,
1: you've thrown me off my whole stage. I feel like it's more of a question of like, hey, uh, will you want to play a game of Tones? Tones being some really terrible board game. Um, or
0: really great board game or really great uh, game uh, similar to uh, 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 Jackbox.
1: I assume tones is a okay. board game not unlike Sorry, where it's okay. just like it's a universal thing that nobody really cares about. I mean, I really like the Popomatic. The Popomatic was cool, but the entire—if you need a gimmick like the Popomatic, <laughs> that's fair—to sell your game, your game is garbage. That's fair.
0: I am one of the uh, rare uh, non non-ironic,
1: non-ironic lovers of the game of life with the spinner. I know we've talked about that on this very podcast I, before. I
0: do love it. And I recognize that the game of life, you effectively play all the time because <laughs> we're alive people, but there's something magical of like letting the dice take over. And by dice, I mean the spinner.
1: So what is the question that you were going to ask me that had nothing to do with <laughs> board games? I imagine <laughs> if you could dream a dream, what kind of dream would you dream? Um,
0: That was the question. <laughs> I don't know why I'm putting on that weird if, voice, but...
1: If I could dream a if, dream... If you could dream a dream, what kind of dream would you dream? You've said dream so many times, it's lost all meaning. I also
0: am... I am referencing an inside joke with my wife, who canonically does not <laughs> listen to the podcast. Uh-huh. So I guess when I'm dead and she's listening to this, enjoy, Stacy.
1: Okay, so... If I could dream a dream... Uh... I would dream a dream in times gone by when hope was high and life worth living. <laughs> <laughs> I would dream that na- love would never die. And I would dream that God could be forgiving. I think that's what I'd go with Mike. Thank you for asking that important question. You know, it was really good. <laughs> it was very good. <sighs> If you could dream a dream, Mike, what would you dream? It's not anything good <laughs> as good as that. I'll be honest with that. Uh, you know,
0: I'd probably dream of something that's not going to happen. The Jacksonville Jaguars winning the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. Mhm. I was talking to with a friend of mine today and he's like, "Yeah, when when the Seahawks got to the Super Bowl and lost at the last minute, I was just so sad and I'm like, I want to know that sadness because I've never be- I've never known it." It's a, it's an, it's an ineffable feeling that I can never have until it happens. And then I'll be sad about that one feeling, but I'll, I'll be happy that I've had it because my team has never been to the Super Bowl, mind you, Mm -hmm. they've never been good enough to do that. Mm -hmm. The, the most I know is losing the AFC championship game three times, two of which to the Patriots. I mean, we all hate the Patriots. That's fair. Not many people hate the Titans, but I do. So anyway, yes, that would be what I dream.
1: Okay. A man and of simple also, pleasures. It's it's also mm-hmm. what
0: happens when I play Madden. The Jaguars win the Super Bowl every time.
1: Because every time.
0: Y- yeah. Okay. I I'm <laughs> you think I'm gonna lose to the Patriots?
1: <laughs> or the Rams. Mm-hmm. No. So always Jaguars. I would No dra- other teams. So I would dream about life being worth living, and you would dream about pretty much the same thing exactly the we're on, winning the Super we are Bowl. on the same page Excellent. here okay so it's rare
0: we're on the same page with one of these uh opening bits but we are on this one okay um that was fun i'm glad we had that little diversion before we dug into the meat of this podcast the meat
1: of the, we, we started with uh-huh. the
0: potatoes of of talking about uh joke-em-ups and football because you know you gotta start with football every time, apparently. Apparently, you're me. So, well,
1: I mean it is football season. It's true. I think about it a lot. It will be football season for the remainder of this podcast. So
0: <laughs> that's a <laughs> that's a fantastic way to put that. <laughs> Cause it's absolutely true. But mm-hmm. it's funny to say it in those terms.
1: How can we stretch this podcast out so that we air the final episode live during the Super Bowl? There will be no one listening to it. <laughs> also, it will be uh, an on, awful episode I'm not sure. I'm because all... you will be watching the Super Bowl the like, whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, Ben, you're totally right. About, yeah, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Oh, man, look at that. Uh-huh. Oh, mm-hmm. man, I can't believe he caught the ball in the place.
1: Yep. So, yeah, Futurama is a TV show. And go, go, go. Oh, you son of a... Burr, burr, burr. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh-huh.
0: yeah, the live feed is yep. just going to be great for that. And now I want to do a live stream or not a live stream, but a recording similar to what we did with the uh, 1997 hit film
1: Titanic, uh, James Cameron film Titanic and uh, do it during the Super Bowl. Man, I'm already editing <laughs> so much of this stupid Titanic thing. It's mind blowing. Uh, Keep your so eyes out for last, that one. Last week, I was 20. I had I had the super cut up to 23 minutes. I'm now up to about 45 minutes. I was Excellent. working on it right before you showed up. There's
0: a lot of content to be I've listened to. I've still got
1: to. about an hour to go through on this.
0: <laughs> with the, it's the, it's the such wi- a long movie. The wild thing we've done basically so,
1: to you. Uh, so we- I'll make you a deal. We can do the live stream Super Bowl if you edit it. Oh, damn. <laughs> well, you said live stream. There's no editing with a live stream. Hey you know what however you want to edit it, my dude <laughs> so I think I'd rather
0: do a, a live sh- or a, a, a supercut of UHF because I don't
1: think you've seen that I have not seen UHF and no. me
0: and Temo were talking about it on the car here because you know you got to talk about UHF when it's dark and cold outside Is that a fact? I mean you got to talk about UHF when it's warm and bright outside too so why not both
1: um, I've gotten
0: all of my brands in the f- opening bit.
1: So, I mean, Back to the Futurama is almost over, but maybe for our next Patreon, if we can get enough money, I'll watch UHF and we'll stream it. So let's talk about Season 7, Episode 23, a thing we both have actually seen. Um, Are you sure about that? (laughs) Yeah, I should hope so.
0: (laughs) There's no fudging up anymore.
1: Uh, season seven, episode 23, Game of Tones. We start on planet Z7 on the date Flamuary 24th, 3013. There's a ship playing some weird tones at a planet, at the planet.
0: Um, Later on Flamuary 39th, 3013, the ship keeps playing those tones and the planet starts cracking. Then on March 2nd, 3013... The ship plays the tone again, and the planet's destroyed.
1: Yep. Mean, <laughs> I have no. I have no additional... The the yup said every... The yup was very King of the Hill-esque. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really summed up everything I could hope to sum up mm-hmm. in the destruction of the mighty planet Z7. It's so or mighty. Z7, if Ooh, you're from England. Which we do have in, in uh, UK listeners, so thank or you. Or Canada? I think they say Z in Canada. Oh, Canada. They do, because Rush is Canadian. <laughs> you have such a wild touch. of Can- C- Canadian culture. The song is called YYZ, uh, not YYZ. Mm. Anyways, back on planet Earth, where Canada lives. <laughs> home, of, home of the Zed. Great segue back into the Futurama episode. We are at the top of our game. Welcome to Earth. Home of the Zed. <laughs> Do you think we can get... No. Uh, <laughs> well, okay. I was going to say I we need to get so. the sign to Canada to say home of the Z, But okay. I think so many other places call it Z that I think by default we're home of the Z. That's true. Welcome to the United States. Home of the Z. Also, miles and Fahrenheit for some reason. Mm-hmm. Miles per hour. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't know why I tried why? to make that sound so it's spooky. It's not the
0: spooky season anymore. We're tr- why are we trying to, to scare our UK listeners with the discussion of miles per
1: hour? Back or really every other country in the world? On planet Earth, home <laughs> of the Zed, it's Arbor Day. It's good to know when what day that is. And uh, they are at Planet Express. Mm-hmm. And the professor says, I don't know if you've heard the news, but it's good, everyone i
0: love how many times they have to remix the whole good news everyone because they're like well i mean we've just done it 40 times i will point out i i this is a me story and not anything else uh when i was about to guest on uh a finish it i remixed one of their um their jangles so that i would uh i would take over their quiz mm-hmm. and i added good news it's a suppository to the end of it excellent and it legitimately made them both laugh in the moment, and I was like, "I've done my job here." They did very good on the Futurama quiz I created, so so
1: listen to that. So <laughs> yes, I, it was a story that ended up being self promotion. <laughs> the professor is talking about how there's a sound traveling through space, and in his day, sound didn't travel through space. Big mood. Fry, meanwhile, thinks that the sound it's it's is repeating like. Uh, musical mm-hmm. phrase. Fry thinks that it sounds familiar, but it's not Walking on Sunshine. It's not Foggy Mountain Breakdown. So he's not really sure what it is.
0: He can't think of anything else. There luckily, are only two
1: songs in Fry's brain. Luckily, Hermes has a friend to identify the melodies. His name is Shazam. He, he sings it for the app who has a breakdown can't take it
0: anymore and rockets out of his hand and out the window
1: i like how in the year 2013 a legitimate joke on television was let's reference the shazam app Mm -hmm. it's (laughs) i mean like we're straining the
0: the the idea of joke like way
1: way to date the show um just be like Mm -hmm. yeah shazam's an app like i remember when that was a big deal yeah uh one of the i can know whatever music is anywhere oh i have the world at my fingertips one of the app stores had a deal on shazam pro for like 10 cents and then a week later the other one what's the other music identifying app there's there were two of them i've still got both of them installed well you got you got to have all full coverage what if one is good at Soundhound?
0: okay you got to have both coverage
1: no, it's true. Sometimes... Sometimes Shazam doesn't know it, but SoundHound uh-huh. does. So, anyways, there was a deal on each of them for like 10 cents on okay. the pro versions, and so of course I snapped those up, because like, those I thought always, it was the coolest thing. And those are always going to be useful. And now... Would they never? I forget that it exists. Sure. A song I don't know plays, and I'm just like, well... That's neat. Guess I'm never going to know it. I found...
0: I must have found something, but I found uh, an uh, setting deep in Android somewhere that's like, you know, just I didn't find music if it's playing around me and put it on the lock screen. And I'm like, how did, how do, did you, why?
1: That's kind of creepy. A little
0: bit. I saw that. And I was like, but why though?
1: It already knows that like it knows too much it knows too much you know too much because like i have a friend who was like so the other day my husband and i were talking about jinko jeans and there's no reason for those to be advertised to me at all ever but today i got an ad for jinko jeans because they know i want to say have a
0: good day thinking about those jinko jeans so because i
1: want to think about jinko jeans you heard me phone So Fry uh, says that he is being driven crazy by this repeated musical phrase. He's also the only one whining, and he finds that concerning. The professor's holographic head shows up and says, Report to the laboratory. I've discovered the source of the music. He has picked up the alien ship on the the long-range scanner, and he's assuming that they're trying to communicate with them. But why don't they just use a thought spike like normal people?
0: They both, uh, Amy and Professor both put in these thought spikes and say,
1: I don't know. And then they throw them directly in the trash. It seems like a lot of work and pain to jam a giant spike in your head just to like transmit thought without talking Mm -hmm. when you can already talk with your vocal cords. Fair, but why not have a one use thought spike? I don't see any bad reason to have them environmentalism they're probably oh. made out of plastic
0: Oh, the way they look they actually look like they were made out of metal which also concerns me if i'm gonna stab that into my brain but you know so also what's going on with their skulls if they can pierce their brain that quickly i mean what's going you, on what's you, going on with all of this you, i'm you pierce know pierce
1: that skull one time okay shame on you no just kidding you pierce that skull one time <laughs> shame is on me though every subsequent Skull piercing—it's easier. easier. Oh,
0: sure. It's like like pierce your ear, and then it's just—it's just there. Uh huh. You, just, up, you just you just don't just, let yeah. it
1: close up, and yeah. then it's it's always there. So that's why everybody has their
0: their just their great skull jewelry on their skulls. No, Any, anyways,
1: no, we're just gonna not gonna we're just gonna let that breeze by. We've used all of our time talking about <laughs> oh no, we've <not> UHF <laughs> and I can guarantee you we've not used all of our
0: time yet. Um. I mean, I'm, I know you're looking at the, the
1: waveforms, and I'm sure we're at like 20 minutes now, but like... You know. 1910. So anyways... <laughs> nailed it. Uh, whatever this is, they really need to figure out what is going on with this tone, because it will reach Earth in two weeks. And Fry just repeatedly swears this is something he's heard and he remembers, but he he just can't place it. Uh, the professor's like, well, maybe we can figure it out
0: from your brain by seeing what comes active when he hears it. So they they it happens and the the professor set like holds a little I guess MRI gun to Fry's head and finds that it isolates to a memory from December 31st 1999 the day he fell in the freezer tube.
1: So uh Nibbler reminds everybody cuz he's just there on the floor eating a big old piece of ham which big mood as well. Uh Nibbler reminds everybody that he was also there on December 31st 1999. And Amy's just like, I always forget that he can talk. Uh, one important thing that Nibbler says is he doesn't recall any music. So he I mean, does- it was 1999. Everybody everywhere was playing Hanson, probably. Mmm, bop. Okay, wait. I need to find out uh, what was the number one number one song. December it's been 31st,
0: 1999. Ben is Googling in the corner. It's Ben Googles that corner.
1: That's a nice little jingle. Thank you. I've been working on my jingles. The number one song on December 31st, 1999. Do, do, do we need a drum roll? Do you, do you want to guess what that was? 1999. December 31st, number one song. In the United States,
0: okay. There's a lot home of, of home, home of the Z. Home um, with the Z. I'm gonna go for whatever reason. I don't. I don't think this song. I think this song might have been a 2000 or 2001 joint. But I'm thinking "Toxic" by Britney Spears. Oh, <laughs> Santana! Oh.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, how could I forget about it being a hot one? Uh huh. So, anyways, um, <laughs> dang it. On on. Oh man, that's so every. So Nibbler y- probably he has to remember well, Santana. That, but the tones don't come from Santana. They prepare the radio cranial dream injector, which is uh, some weird inception-like device. Yes, that you hook someone up to. And then they dream, and then you can just watch their dreams on a big screen. I whether it's about a uh, dream of uh, that that God would be forgiving, or that the Jacksonville Jaguars win the Super Bowl.
0: Either uh, I would watch the one with the Jacksonville Jaguars. The only dream you would watch. It's it's a very good dream.
1: So. Uh, so yes, everyone gets to watch this dream on the big screen while Fry is having this.
0: Fry asks if he'll have pants on in the dream, and the professor tells him he has to wear these dream pants. It's a diaper. Yeah. I mean, he's gonna be he's gonna be dreaming and sleeping real heavy. You don't know what's gonna happen down there.
1: Mm-hmm. It, he's gonna hear the 1999 hit Santana song "Smooth" mm-hmm. featuring Rob Thomas. Mm-hmm. You can't um, forget
0: about Rob Thomas. He's very important to the because he's featured on it.
1: So Bender is in the background eating popcorn, by the way, which I liked because the, the dream hasn't even started yet. He's just chowing down on that popcorn. Have you never been to I a movie f- theater? I feel <laughs> like that's my problem with popcorn at the movie theaters. You, you have sit to like- down, you get all those ads yes. for like... Oh. Welcome to to Cineplex 49. So like, and and the scramble that's like Here's a Here's an advertisement for Soda Pop. Yeah, and, and this the, the
0: the jumbles of like, guess the actor? Mott Hanks, who knows?
1: Hmm, like Brad Pitt? Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. And then so you're just sitting there and you're just eating popcorn, and then by the time. The first trailer starts up. You're like, well, I'm out of popcorn. Right.
0: And it's, it, you just, it's have, a scam. It's, a, well, I don't know if it's a scam. It's a scam. Okay. I mean, you did purchase and enjoy popcorn. I mean, the timing of the popcorn enjoyment. Let it
1: be known that Back to the Futurama Studios is anti popcorn in movie theaters because it's a scam. I, Y- Official <laughs> policy of Back to the Futurama Studio. I think
0: I need to take another look at the bylaws that allows you to make these uh, policies uh, unilaterally. But you know, I guess I'll allow it. Although I would, I'm going to offer a dissent into the uh, the record. Sometimes you just have to a get a real big popcorn, and then you're not going to finish the whole thing in the movie anyway because it's a, too much popcorn. But if if you have if you're like okay. You you share a popcorn with your significant other, and you're like, okay, we're going to both work with each other on this one to not eat until the trailers are done. And you just, you, you hold it. And
1: you know that if you take some, your significant other will slap you on your hand, and it will hurt. Sarah knows that she can't stop me from eating. It's impossible. She's not in from the <laughs> living room right now. I'm, I'm not saying it's
0: easy to stop me from eating. I'm just saying... Stacy, my significant other, will hit me on my hand, and it will hurt because she's good at it. It's it's the good slap on the hand, like a a ruler. You know, she doesn't okay, have. She ruler. brings a ruler. She does not bring a ruler. to the movie theater. No, no, no. Let but it
1: be known I, that Back to the Future Studios is pro rulers in movie theaters. You might need to measure things while the movie <laughs> is playing you can stick the of ruler course. into the tub of popcorn and see how many inches of popcorn you've got left. <laughs> Even though popcorn is a scam. It's funny how these policies reference each other. So oh. it's weird. How many of our policies involve going to the movies? So <laughs> Fry asks, can I want to I- back up. How when was the last time you went to the movies? detective
0: pikachu okay so fairly recently
1: so actually that's exactly the same for me i don't know why i'm digging on you for that fry asks can i have some milk and cookies first and the professor says yes in syringe form and so he just gets a big old shot of cookies and milk
0: i don't think it was cookies and milk because he's
1: out immediately i mean could have been just real good cookies some of those Oregon special cookies.
0: <laughs> I mean, but they're in New York. Is it legal there? It's thirty thirteen. No one cares anymore. That's probably fair. So he he w- he kind of wakes up in the dream and's like, "Hey, th- my alarm clock. Are those the tones?" And the professor's like, "You're a tone deaf idiot. Get out of bed and start dreaming."
1: So yeah, he wakes up in nineteen ninety nine. Uh it's all a dream, but we actually I think this is the first time ever we see Fry's nineteen ninety-nine apartment. We've seen a lot of flashbacks to sure. his family home, mm-hmm. but this I think is a new one. I don't think we've ever seen this before. I don't think so. Uh I think
0: you're right on that. And also, if you're thinking it's disheveled, it is very
1: much so. He has um I, I did note a couple of things in his apartment. He has a muscle girl calendar, like it's a calendar with a, a really, really muscly woman in a bikini. Um, he has a he has a bunch of uh, Christmas lights hanging up that are connected to a surge protector that itself is dangling from the uh, the. Christmas lights. Oh
0: yes, uh, he has Just a, the best fire safety.
1: He has his precious turtle and his burrito and his uh, nineteen ninety nine girlfriend Michelle and Sarah Silverman makes a, a reappearance as mm-hmm. Michelle, which I think is a good callback because, like in other flashbacks, we get of Michelle, it's not Sarah Silverman, right? So you know they did their homework on this. Did their one. homework. I always appreciate when they bring back the originals um it, it,
0: like like the robot devil where they they weren't able to do it at one point and then they've been able to bring him back
1: a couple times since so um uh fry does point out to his uh, ex-girlfriend in his dream uh that Hey, you're just a dream. So it wouldn't really be cheating on Leela if... Leela interrupts and says, move it along. So Fry starts walking around and just listening to every tone possible. There's church bells. There's um, a bird. A bird singing. There's a kid in a little stroller with like some mobile hanging down. There's his break dancing crew, um, which a notorious
0: FAT uh, breaks down a beat. And it's not the beat. Mm-hmm. It's a good beat, but it's not the beat he's thinking. There's
1: no denying that was Funky Fresh, though. I, I'm i not trying to deny it. We here at Back to the Futurama are pro-Funky Fresh beats. You know what? I have no dissent to offer on this one. Unanimously. Mm-hmm. Even though you
0: can just unilaterally create these.
1: Unanimously, unilaterally, Funky Fresh beats. <laughs> That's a good tagline for something that neither one of us does. <laughs> Hey, if anyone out there is listening, you're free to have that one. Just let us know. Tweet at Back to Futurama. We want to see that on some funky, fresh swag. But then, noticeably, FAT goes to uh, go take a business job. He just strips off his uh, his yeah. breakdancing clothes, and he's got a whole business suit Yeah, he there. takes that
0: job at Lehman Brothers. It's very funny.
1: Fry, at that point, notices a strip club uh, titled Booby Tuesdays, which... <laughs> made me laugh a lot more than i care to admit sometimes just a well-placed rhyme is just perfect uh so fry's like you know i've got some time why not just uh you know go into this strip club
0: he he goes in and it's just kind of a white void and the professor's like you dumbo if you can't you can't remember if you've never been to it
1: so we set up the fact here in the first act Hey, look at that. that Chekhov's white void. That he can't go to somewhere that he doesn't remember because Mm. this is both a dream, but also kind of a memory. Right.
0: It's mostly a memory. It's sort of
1: blurring the lines of what a dream would be because you bet that like I have never been to a strip club ever, but I'm sure my brain can concoct what a strip club would be like maybe this is a thought experiment then what's in there so parks and rec taught me that strip clubs have the best buffets thank you ron swanson so there's obviously a buffet clearly a good buffet there are obviously some ladies okay who are in various states of undress sure there's loud music that i don't like (laughs) sorry yes that's very specific but yes Um, over in the corner, there is a man with no face playing chess against a parrot. Of course, every strip (laughs) club has one of those. My gym teacher from second grade comes out from behind a curtain and makes me run a mile, which I can't do because I just drank a bunch of milk. Why would you drink all that much milk if you knew you had to do a mile? Then I wake up vomiting profusely the end that's the dream that's a horrifying (laughs) dream (laughs) see i can imagine what a strip my dream can make up a strip club pretty well right i'd say that's at least 70 percent accurate
0: you know, you've 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 uh, added a few things like the ladies in a, some uh, strain of undress, and you've added some, uh, you've forgotten some things. You didn't quite remember the top hat on the faceless man, but you know you got pretty close.
1: <laughs> so yes, this is this is sort of more of a memory uh, than it is a dream, but but it, it's kind of referred to as a dream throughout.
0: It, it is. It is vaguely inception. Mm-hmm. It's, well, it's, it's it'll get,
1: memory inception. It'll
0: get more inception in a bit.
1: Wah. <laughs> so yes. anyways, Fry leaves the uh booby Tuesdays and he gets sad because he he wanted lap dance nachos. I mean, those do sound like some pretty good nachos. Uh then Because fr- as you as you established. Good buffet. Good buffet. As Ron Swanson established. Exactly. Good buffet. Well,
0: you established that Ron Swanson established. It's it's a chain of establishments,
1: like <laughs> Booby Tuesdays. <laughs>
0: You know, I make fun of myself while I'm listening to Back to the Futurama that I laugh at my own jokes, and then I just laugh at my own jokes that, all the time. That
1: may be the funniest joke that ever happened on Back to the <laughs> Futurama. Anyways, Fry goes to cross the street, and he sees an ice cream truck, and he's like, maybe that's it? I, I think he also references, oh yeah, the ice cream truck that nearly ran me over. And then he gets run over by the ice cream truck. And he was playing c- the song that is not the same one that the ship's making. It's unfortunate.
0: Uh, he wakes up from the dream kind of in a start, like, whoa.
1: Uh, so back in reality in 3013, Fry, we find out, has been asleep for 13 and a half days because the ship was going to be here in two weeks. So he thinks he's, he's got all this time There's to, no to time remember left. it. There's no time left. He has been asleep for 13 and a half days. But for it's us... It's a good thing he had those dream pants on. It's true. <laughs> but for us, it was only like
0: four minutes of screen time. Wild. Wild. <laughs>
1: Uh, Everything is shaking from this this repeated musical phrase that is now so close and so loud to earth that everything is shaking. The Eiffel Tower uh, like bends over like it just Mm. collapses. I
0: mean, let's let's call a spade a spade. It goes from a wreck to flaccid.
1: Uh huh. There's even a joke as much. Like, this never happens to me. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: uh, There is a funny gag that I particularly enjoyed, and it's football becoming electric football, which I was like, yes, absolutely.
1: Have you ever used one of those little electric football? I've always wanted to. Because I've, I've seen a lot of jokes about them. The Simpsons sure. had a couple. I think um, we were just
0: not in the right time frame for we that. We got kind cooler of thing.
1: toys than we that. We got is way what you're cooler saying. toys. Okay. I,
0: when I was like, what, five? I had Madden? Hell yeah.
1: So Fry does not want to go back to 1999 because that would be reliving his last day in 1999 before he got frozen and came to the future. Yeah. He doesn't want to live his, his last day in the past. It was kind of a crappy day because his family sucks and his job sucked. Mm-hmm. And who wants to go relive that? Nobody. Nobody. That's who. That's who. Fry's like, why can't you just dissect my
0: brain? And But the professor indicates, with the building shaking this much? Come on.
1: So then, of course, he shakily injects him with more of the mysterious mixture that may or may not be milk and cookies. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, He's trying to put it in his arm. It just goes directly into his neck, which it it
1: was a body horror moment for me personally. Yeah, that sounds pretty awful. Um, Real bad. So back in the 1999 dream, he goes back to his family home where he is really ragging on it and he's like, I don't miss anything from here because this place sucked. And then Seymour comes in. He's like, oh, hey, I forgot about you. As though any of us could ever forget <laughs> I, about Seymour. I know. Listen to Jurassic Bark and hear about how much of a jerk I am. Fry is petting Seymour and, and they're licking each other on the face. And like... That feels very
0: right for Seymour and Fry. <clears> throat> also, throat> it's a dream. It's fine. Um, Fry, uh, Fry decides he, he hated his... He convinced himself that he hated his house because he could never go back right which is a, a legitimately sad thing to s yeah do. for sure like I that one made me tear up a little bit because i I really connect with family so that was that was sad for me
1: uh so Fry comes in and Yancey is a jerk as always he gives him a good old Gorbachev on the forehead and it's a it's a good Gorbachev too yeah it's pretty good Uh, Fry's mom is in the kitchen cooking up some Captain Crunch casserole and yelling at the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Because you got to kick the ball and you ruined it every time. I do love the fact that she
0: she has like three different personality traits and one of them is yelling at things as if they're football, even though they're not football Mm -hmm. or they're football adjacent.
1: Captain Crunch casserole is actually Fry's favorite. We find out. It sounds like it would be mine, too. It sounds absolutely disgusting, but that's fine. We can have different opinions on casserole. We hear it back to the Futurama. Oh, I forgot unilaterally. It turns out our pro Captain Crunch casserole, oh. um, unsurprising to me because I'm the only one who gets to vote on this. I
0: know. I'm surprised. You were like, eh, it's not for me, but I we're, we want everybody to have the food that they want to eat. So
1: I mean I like some weird garbage foods. I mean so I
0: also bought a lot of lobbyists.
1: <laughs> so as
0: I, I influenced the the decision maker, and uh-huh. therefore
1: I uh, my side won this time. So Fry gets to lick the beaters, but uh, he does so before his mom unplugs it, and so he gets his tongue real caught up in those beaters, and it is. Thankfully, a dream, because that sounds awful and painful, yeah, that sounds like some blood, not some tangles, right, like you know, this is exactly what would happen right before the faceless man shows up. It's always about that faceless man, mm-hmm. I'm sad we're doing this after Halloween because I this know is this, is is, this is some good, creepy canon.
0: yeah, this is some creepy pasta we're creating right now,
1: so yeah, fry is just he's having actually like he he has flipped from, man, screw the past, I don't want to do this, to like, hey, I'm back home, and this is pretty great, and I'm with family, and this is amazing. And he's I not, never want to leave. He's not trying to find this melody at all. Yeah, the professor's worried uh, that he stopped looking for the melody, and it's like, Fry, stick with the mission. Fry's like, hey, can you guys hear the professor too? And both of his parents are like, yep, mm-hmm. He's like, That's that doesn't make any sense. And his mom goes... Lots of weird stuff can happen in a dream, and then Seymour is on the couch drinking a martini, and it's actually, uh, what's his name? Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane yep. doing the voice of Brian, which is really just Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, it's his own just voice. his voice. <laughs> I think it says something that Seth MacFarlane does all the voices on, fa- like almost all the voices on Family Guy, but the only one that is actually his real voice is the dog. Anyways, and is is often presented as the the one, uh, the voice of reason. Seymour ha- definitely has the uh, Brian from Family Guy. Yeah, and he's like, "Hey, Fry, did you you did you lose weight or like you know something?" Yeah, like, that was like, what It was just one little quick line that they got Seth MacFarlane. Um, it's very impressive. I, 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 you know, it
0: it is a Fox show, so it or what well, was a Fox show, and now is uh, at this time, uh, Comedy Central. But it's still like you can tell, like they bring they're able to bring in people that are interesting, and and Seth MacFarlane felt okay with doing this kind of goofy thing that you know, and and I I think I think it it, it is a good thing that they've done, kind of like indicate like, haha, look at that, mm-hmm. this is a funny thing from a show that we used to be on with. And then we're both canceled, and now we're both back.
1: Fry is enjoying his time back at home, and uh, we get what I called the home montage, <laughs> because um, Fry like it's just a bunch of scenes of Fry enjoying his time back at home. He and his brother, his he he an adult, and his brother also an adult are taking a bath together, sure, and like squirting each other with uh, water guns in the bath. And their mom comes in and and brings them a beer, uh, which the whole thing is very weird. I don't know. It sounds kind of fun. I mean, it did make me laugh. It was it was a good joke. Yeah. I enjoyed it, and
0: I think I'd probably do something like that. I could see it.
1: I've done weirder things. Uh, they have this whole like football play diagram, which is, uh, her, his mom sets the whole thing up and mm-hmm. it turns out that's how they go set the table for dinner.
0: You always got to have a good plan to do that. Cause otherwise you're just, oh boy, mm-hmm. just things go all over the place. You could
1: get a fork in the eye. Mm-hmm. Planning is important. It's true. We hear it back to the Futurama are pro planning. Agreed. It helps that, you know. I'm dating a planner, mm-hmm. so she bought <laughs> lobbyists. Uh huh. Wow. Anti popcorn, pro ruler And movie theaters. Yes, yes. Pro Captain Crunch casserole, of course. Pro planning. What are we anti popcorn? Other than, do we
0: have any other anti uh, policies
1: on the books right now? Uh, not yet, but we've still got. Uh, we've still got a whole act to go through oh boy
0: what about how do we feel about Chekhov's gun
1: very pro Chekhov's gun I
0: should hope so
1: so they set the table and they have dinner and everyone is having a good old time and Fry's like you know what I don't think I'm going to work today because I'm having such a good time and yancy is even like but how are you going to pay off your debt to the columbia house record club if you keep getting fired i mean it's a fair question if you've got the debt you gotta pay it off Uh uh-huh the columbia house record debt is the student debt of 1999 (laughs) i can't like the the amount of sad that sentence made me do was unmeasurable Uh, so Fry just doesn't want to go to work. He, he's like, I just want to spend one last night there with his family. And his mom's like, yeah, what? we'll still be here tomorrow. And Fry says, but what if I'm not?
0: Again, a sad moment, like super sad.
1: Like just like my next note is Fry gets sad. I mean, it's sad. At that point, Leela just walks into the house Mm. and, uh, Fry's mom says hi and he's like, Calls, calls her by name. Uh huh. He's like, Mom, you know Leela? Nope. <laughs> Which is such a great reaction. Leela <laughs> uh, was sent in from the professor to end the, their quality time. Fry just doesn't want to go. And so then Zoidberg and Hermes and Amy and Bender all show up. And, uh, they... and Nibbler,
0: too, because he, he, uh, Seymour uh, sniffs uh, Nibbler's butt.
1: They are trying to get Fry to go, but then they're like, oh, wait a minute. And then Zoidberg eats that, some of that delicious Captain Crunch casserole oh, that man, we it, are apparently all a fan of in I this podcast. Am officially. So pro that casserole. Canonically pro Captain Crunch casserole. Canonically. And Hermes is like, oh, yeah, man witches. Which,
0: of course, uh, <laughs> if I know anything about Hermes, it's planning
1: and man witches. Plan witches. Ooh. Is that when you're planning to have a manwich? Yes, or planning to make a manwich, or planning to something a manwich. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what. It's planning involving manwiches. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of things you can do with a manwich. You, you got, but you got to plan for it. I
0: mean, you could pave a street with a manwich.
1: <laughs> the yes, <laughs> uh, excellent. Fry's dad is also freaking out because Bender is there, and he's like, "Ah, oh, the waffle irons. Y two K. They've come to life." he
0: throws a grenade into bender's compartment which explodes and bender uh burps it's like oh excuse me
1: and so yeah they're all just having a grand old time and then at that point the professor shows up with none other than earth president richard nixon and the headless body of agnew which uh fry's dad immediately says the best president the united states ever had and
0: then Nixon's like, I'm here to take your hippie son on a musical or whatever uh, journey. And, and it's like, get out, you commie. Which is such a great immediately
1: turnaround. So they literally drag Fry out because he is fighting to yeah. stay just that one more night. He he manages to get by
0: them, but he's told he was never in his house after 10 p.m. And he goes in and it's just a white void. Just like the Booby Tuesdays. Just like the booby Tuesdays and he kind of he has he's very sad about it and he gets kind
1: of angry at everybody for pulling him away from the moment he was trying to have and then he's like fine I'll go find your stupid music and then Bender says I'll sing you a tune you can identify let's go already it's very good
0: (laughs) especially because Bender is standing outside
1: of the white void like calling into fry. It's so very good. So back in 3013, the ship is still playing these tones. It is so loud and so close Mm -hmm. that the earth is crumbling under the weight of these tones. The Eastern seaboard just gets cut right off the side of the United States. Home of the Z home of the Z. Everybody is hooked up to this dream machine uh, we get a quick shot of that as the like the ground outside is literally yeah. just coming apart. Fry reluctantly takes everyone to uh, Panucci's Pizza,
0: and everything happens generally as it does, even though Layla's like, is that the music? When it's Fry getting the
1: lowest score on the video game. Monkey Fracas Jr. I
0: don't know why I forgot the name of the game, but I did.
1: It's the best game ever. It's the best game in the first episode of Futurama, you know what they say about Monkey Fracas Junior. In the first episode, you got to fire it in the last episode, the fourth from last episode. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, uh, so Fry's playing the game. He he loses. Uh, you stink, loser. Blah 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 blah. blah. Like we've it's been the there before. We've, we've been we've... here multiple times before. <laughs>
0: it's true. We keep it, Futurama is a time loop, and we always come back to this moment.
1: So, uh, uh, we get the whole pizza going out. Come on! And Fry then says goodbye to Seymour because he's like, "This is the last time I'm ever going to see." And he's like, "Wait a minute! It's my dream. Shrink down and get in my pocket." And it's very Adventure Time. It is very Adventure Time,
0: but it happens. Um, Bender's like, "Well, we can't fit all. We can't all fit on your bike." So, dream dream us a, a fancy car to, or a fancy ride to go in, and he dreams up a fancy pull cart that Zoidberg has to pull, even though they see a non-hovering hover car, which is called a car.
1: Uh-huh. I do like the rickshaw that Zoidberg mm-hmm. has to pull. It's got like fancy LED lighting all along the side. It, 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 it forgive me. It's multi-tiered, uh, like the it's, its whole thing. It's tricked out. The non-hovering hover car, which is just called a car. Uh, honks, and they're like, is that what's making the music? He's like, no. It's called a car, and no. And then in that car is Sarah Silverman as Michelle, who's like, I don't think it's working out. Now this I found interesting because in the very first episode, it's not Sarah Silverman playing Mm. Michelle. She doesn't do that until uh, the Cryonic Woman. right? So it's weird because she says the exact same, like, everything else is like Maybe even a an actual soundbite that they took from that first episode, right. but here because Sarah Silverman's back to do the voice of Michelle, she actually re-delivers the lines from the first episode, right. and it sounds kind of weird because of the number of times I've seen the first episode of Futurama. <laughs> One of which for this podcast, I appreciate the commitment to the bit with Sarah Silverman. You got, when you have Sarah Silverman, you say, make her say all sorts of things. So they they head to applied
0: cryogenics and they're in the elevator and everyone is hating the music. And Hermes is like, it's not the tones. Stop dreaming it. And they, Fry does.
1: Uh huh. What is. I know bad elevator music is kind of a joke. Yes. In things. Yes. I don't think elevator music is that bad. Also, I don't think I've ever been I mean, in an elevator with actual elevator music. <laughs> well, I think
0: I think it is just a stereotype at this point that it's like in a, like just music that's like inoffensive to the point of like being white noise.
1: Even GoldenEye 007 had elevator music in the elevators. That was a, a little inoffensive jazzy 007 theme sure i mean I, th- I
0: that's the point of music in an elevator because it's supposed to be just mindless and fine it's not supposed to be good it's not supposed to be bad it's supposed to be a thing that's happening but i th- i do think you're right that they've kind of removed it because it's like well everybody has headphones on anyway now it's true. In these days, in th-
1: in the year 2019... In this economy? In this economy, everybody's got those AirPods in. It's a weird statement. Anyways. <laughs> um, so they go up to applied cryogenics. Fry does the icy wiener bit again. And then he says, every time. And so uh, he sits down to drink the beer, and he's like, this is it. I mean, this is what I was doing. Like and nibbler is like aha but i was there too and that's kind of all he says
0: yeah that's kind of it cuz the dream starts becoming a little unstable as the
1: earth is being torn apart the world outside is cracking like a delicious frozen charleston chew
0: i don't i don't know why there's a commitment to the charleston chew but there is
1: because I mean, I know Nixon. Nixon is pro Charleston Chew. I mean,
0: yes, but I there's no there's never never any reason for Nixon to be so pro Charleston Chew that he will push it into every
1: conversation. Unlike you know how I talk about Weird Al and Jacksonville Jaguars all the time. Uh If Nixon had a podcast, he would talk about Charleston Chew all the time.
0: (laughs) And Charleston Chew should probably advertise on that podcast. Uh If Nixon were to have
1: a podcast, Uh you'd be like. So, Nixon, uh, if you could dream a dream, what would that dream be? And he'd be like, I would dream about the delicious Charleston Chew. You know, it would be the the infamous Mike Nixon tapes. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That famous audio tape. (laughs) 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 There's a reason. There's a reason that 18 and a half minute long podcast episode doesn't exist. And it's because it was so bad Nixon had to delete it. (laughs) He's mostly talking about Charleston Chew. And then Mike starts talking about the Jaguars, which didn't exist yet. Yeah, they did not. Um, And they first played in 1995. It's the first podcast ever. And it is garbage. <laughs> 18 and a half minutes of garbage.
0: I, I, I have nothing else to say. Like, it, it, you know, it. it's the Mike Nixon tapes. It just is what it is
1: anyways fry is sitting there and he's like well this is the last thing i did the last thing i did was blow my noise maker sarcastically to underscore my deep disappointment with life
0: and, and amy's like oh is that the music and and fry's like i'm
1: deeply disappointed in you and then fry which is very cutting thing for fry to say fry falls backwards and he falls, he starts falling into the uh, hawking chamber, mm-hmm. as it were.
0: Oh, yes, indeed. Uh, it, he does it in very, very slow motion mm-hmm.
1: and he hears the tones. Do you think that slow motion is sort of a reference to Inception? Was Inception out? I think Inception was out in 2013.
0: I feel like it
1: was. Um, I feel like that slow falling backwards in a chair thing is a very direct reference to Inception. Yeah,
0: that feels like it. It feels like there's, I'm pretty sure it did because it was before, I watched it before I moved to Oregon.
1: So as Fry is falling, he suddenly hears that tone out of nowhere and he wakes up in the present day and he's like, I heard it. I heard the tone, but also there were two extra notes at the end. Uh, The professor's like, that might be the response the aliens are waiting for. So they fly out to Mount Shushmore, which is a a Mount Rushmore-esque Nixon monument where he is shushing everyone. Yes, it is such a wild thing to see. The alien ship shows up and it plays that sequence. And then the the professor has Fry play the the two notes that he heard, which is uh, it was two quick f's i really like how fry has to get
0: into like it the ship makes its tones and then fry's like i gotta crack my knuckles i gotta just play the thing yeah i gotta read the the sheet music for this it's very funny how it's like i have to limber up i have to
1: stretch a little bit so uh the ship plays those same notes back and then it lands and it turns out it's a very very tiny ship um, it is a Nibblonian uh, that Nibbler knows, named Digby. It turns out it's Nibbler's chauffeur, and uh, the he's like, "Don't you remember? Like, don't you remember why we're he like the mission?" And it turns out that Nibbler's chauffeur, Digby, flew them out to Earth mm-hmm. for this mission, and then the uh chauffeur uh it it turns out the big mystery is that the tone is the tone it plays when it's being locked up
0: yep because digby had been had forgotten to
1: lock the ship um and remember to do so as fry was falling into the tube and then after completing a successful mission they go get really really wasted just so drunk my so drunk goodness. Goodness. that they accidentally dropped the keys down the drain yeah neither were in condition to f- to fly either they had to call a taxi to go back to their home planet
0: uh not the home planet vergon
1: 6 their home base whatever they they were they called a taxi they called, that's, that's the, the point it. they don't drive drunk back to the futurama studios oh, oh god, <laughs> god are we doing a heel turn on this one unanimously Anti-drunk driving. Oh,
0: thank goodness. I was worried there for a moment, Ben. As the unilateral decision-maker of the policies... They haven't all been good <laughs>
1: decisions, but this one...
0: That one's good. I, I like the fact that we are anti-drunk driving. I, You know what? We've had a lot of fun here tonight, but don't drive drunk.
1: So anyways, Digby's been flying around trying to find the uh, the company car um, this whole time. That's what this is all about. I, I mean... I I feel like the
0: first time I see it destroy a planet, I'd be like, "Hey, maybe I shouldn't do this to
1: every planet ever." Do you want to be the one who has to f- file and f- fill out and file all the paperwork about losing the company car? I mean, no, but I knew I took a taxi from
0: Earth to Vergon Six, so I'd be like, "Well, let's start on Earth." Yeah, well. I mean, there's logic. I might be very drunk, but if l- 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 thought experiment here, I get really drunk in Portland, as you do. I, you know, you get mm-hmm. drunk. You take a lift home, or an Uber, or a taxi, or whatever. It doesn't really matter. Am I going to just start breaking breaking cars to find mine? No, I'm going to take a lift back to where I started, or take the bus. I don't know. I agree to disagree.
1: So you got to destroy things to
0: find your stuff.
1: Uh, so Fry's like, hey, I know where your stupid company car is. And they go back to Applied Cryogenics, where on the roof, uh, they find this car and it's still there. It's kind of wrecked up though. Uh-huh. The, the tape deck's been stolen and the windows have been smashed, but otherwise it's in pretty good condition. Oh, and the battery's dead. Yeah. But, uh, the- but it gives a <laughs> jump
0: via bender and it's good to fly and Digby leaves in it.
1: Nibbler says that. Thanks to Fry, he, he has found this company car, and so he owes Fry a great debt. He will do whatever it takes to repay Fry. Fry is a little dubious because he knows that what he wants, he can't have. And so Fry gets really sad, and Bender's like, I can't stand to see him like this. I'll push him off the roof.
0: You know, that is a very touching Bender thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, the, uh, the, at night, uh, the robot arms Fry is kind of dreaming about his mom and he, he he's in the family house and he sits down next to her.
1: He, they're watching the 2000 Rose Bowl, which he realizes he never saw. We find out that actually what happened is Nibbler put Fry into his mom's dream mm-hmm. somehow. Yeah. It's never not, really explained. I'm not going to really think too hard about it. Deus, dream, machina... I mean,
0: you you have a dream set up in the first act. You got to fire the dream set up in the third act. So
1: since this is Fry's mom's dream, somehow, again, not going into it. Right. Fry actually gets to spend some time with his mom. And so uh, he says, um, you know, I've, I never got a chance to talk to you. Do you have a few minutes? And uh, the, the game ends. So as she points out, you're the most important thing in my life. In my life, after this game ends, it's fair. So the game ends, and then she's like, "Now, what did you want to talk to me about?" And then he just grabs her, and and they hug, and uh, some sad music starts playing. And also, Tiny Seymour is there hanging out in his mom's cheese hat. It's true. Um, and then, uh,
0: in in the time timeline of his mother, she is in bed and she l- opens her eyes, takes a look at a picture of Fry
1: smiles and then goes back to bed. And that is where the episode ends and that means that it is time for grades. A, I like this episode. I think it's
0: it's heartfelt. I think it it really kind of digs into something that we hadn't really dug into before with Fry and his family. I mean, he had, but but they never dug into the relationship and the fact that he really wants to spend time with his family that he can't. Like there's been some discussions about his, his uh his father and some about his brother, but they've never dug into his mom. And his mom is kind of a one-note character anyway, but it's good to dig into that, and I think that's a is a very worthwhile thing to do. I think it is it's just it's 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 kind of tiring to keep going back to that specific day.
1: Sure, I will definitely agree
0: with that. So it's like, okay, we're at Panucci's Pizza again we got an order come on and then icy wiener again you suck mr or you stink mr whatever like we do it over and over and over again but it is also the touchstone of futurama so i feel a little like a little on both sides about being like no this is the same thing over and over again especially when they remix it like this that being said i think it's a funny uh, funny episode i think it's very funny Res- resolution to the episode where it's like oh it's not nobody evil it's just i'm trying to find a company car um i i i mean i i don't i i, I like it i like it quite a bit so i think i'm gonna go with a b plus
1: okay uh i think i'm pretty much on the same page grade wise um I think the whole thing where it's like, oh yeah, you know, this Niblonian lost the company car, so he's destroying planets. is sort of a weird payoff that didn't really do anything for me. I think there are better ways to manage that. Um, sure. I mean, I suppose if you're trying to get somehow like it ties back to December 31st, 1999, I guess that's a way you can do it. It's not how I would have done it, but that's fine. I do think the episode itself is very interesting in the fact that the original premise for Jurassic Bark was that uh, his mom is trying to find him, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think because we had, at the time of Jurassic Bark, we had seen his mom previously. And the fact that she always seemed just you know pretty neglectful and just not really present as a mom um you know that it's it's it always struck me as sort of weird that that was kind of their original thought on what jurassic bark was going to be and i like that here as we're sort of winding down on the show we get not the same story but we do get that sort of like he has this connection with his mom that up until this point we haven't really seen right and you know like even just the because i think the thing about family is it's it's a lot of those little things right it's your mom making you your favorite really weird even though we're all in favor of it on this podcast captain crunch casserole yum yum um canonically in favor of it um it's those little things right and so we get to see some of those little things. We get to see sort of that closure of like, um, you know, how much she misses Sure, Fry. And um, that Fry gets to finally get closure with everyone right. in his family. Because I do think also, you know, it's, it is sort of natural... That, like, I mean, not for everybody. Um, I know you're really close with your family, but like, you kind of, you know, you move away, you don't talk to your family as much. It's, it's tough. And you sort of just, like, yeah, you know, I mean, they're my family, but uh, you know, whatever. Right. And then you have those moments where it's like, okay, but like, I'm kind of like, um, you know, talking down about them or whatever, because mostly if I, think about the good times, then I have to miss them. Right. And I think that's a really, uh, I think that's a really clever thing to say in this episode, because up until this point, Fry has only ever talked negatively about his family. Right. And in, in that respect, I think the episode is actually really smart and it does, it does a lot of good. Um, And, you know, seeing that closeness with his family uh, and that, you know they weren't perfect, but they were still family, right? Right. Uh, yeah. He still, they were still people that he cared about, and so I think that it does a really good job with all of that. And I do think a lot of the jokes are really good. I just want a better payoff with you know this this <laughs> right. ship because it did not work for me.
0: Okay, fair enough.
1: So I do think I think that the whole plot with Fry mm-hmm. is on point like the fry specific parts a plus I think is great, but sort of that framing story is really nothing I care about. And so I'm also going to say B plus, um, because I, I think, I think it averages out to just, you know, a really, really good, but not quite tight enough story for me.
0: Fair enough. I, I want to ask you a question though. Like, and this is a legitimate question. Mm -hmm. Um, if the framing story was, you know, Better Mm -hmm. would it take away from that kind of fry storyline because you probably have to dedicate a little bit more time to it to let it breathe a little bit so you're taking something from the fry storyline where he's like learning this thing about himself the way he reacted to the way he came to the future like it 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 feels well I, i i'm coming with a bit of a a bias to this because I do think if you take anything if you try to expand that framing story you're taking something away from Fry's story that kind of you would lose something
1: well so I think the problem is that the framing story ends on a weak note because if you look at Jurassic Bark it starts out with uh, a pizzeria exhibit opens at a museum sure what a dumb stupid framing story right sure like there's there's nothing that amazing about it. And then the story is that well it's this dog that, you know, Fry uh this fossilized dog that that Fry believes to be his dog. And like that framing story is a it's weird, but it ramps up to the the finish. That's fair. Whereas with this You've got this weird ship framing story. You spend a lot of time in the dream, and you get a sudden dip where it's like, yeah, whatever, I'm the chauffeur and we got real drunk and I lost the company car and I've been destroying planets over it. Oh, cool. Now we're back with like Fry with his mom. Fair that enough. That dip, I do not like that dip.
0: Fair enough. I think I, 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 I think I see your point a little I bit. I think if now. you yeah. if
1: you have that weird chauffeur getting drunk story at the beginning, I think it's more excusable. It's that it's that's that the dip cup? Yeah, that's that's where the like that's, that's the, the resolution of the story right. whereas in Jurassic Park that framing story fades into the the story of Fry and Seymour. You know, I think that's what a good framing story does. Fair enough. So yeah, I mean, I I it's, it's just that that bump where I'm kind of like, "Oh, cool, episode's over." "Oh, wait, just kidding. We get one more scene that's, you know, actually really touching and sweet." Yeah. But yeah.
0: Fair enough. I th- I think that 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 the point is cl- clearer to me now that where you're coming from. And I and I and there was a point that you were talking about in grades that you know when you have a really close connectionship with your family and you do move away like I know exactly what Fry is going through. I mean not exactly. I'm not uh-huh. a thousand years in the future. But you know like I don't get to spend as much time with my family as I would love to. Like, I was talking with my mom on the phone, and she's like, I wish I could come out this year, but I just can't. I'm like, I get it. You know, it's it's hard to keep in touch. It's hard to, when you're not co-located in the same town or same state. Mm-hmm. You know, even with states that are big, like, it's hard to keep that connection.
1: Uh-huh. Or you can be like my dad, who called literally in the middle of this podcast. He is trying to keep <laughs> that connection alive. Podcast be damned. Um Anyways, I think that's what, that's all we've got to say about this one, but we want to know what you think about this episode. Was the framing story stupid and bad, or was it fine? Um, <laughs> Two options. Are you pro or anti-popcorn? Are you pro or anti-rulers at movie theaters? Are you pro or anti-Captain Crunch casserole? Are you pro or anti-planners? Um, we will not be taking questions on whether you're a pro or anti-drunk driving. It's true. Anti-drunk driving. Don't drink and drive. So we want to know all these things and more. You can let us know by emailing us at back to the futurama podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at back to futurama. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash futurama. We are on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we are also on Spotify. And apparently Pandora has
0: podcasts now. So who knows? You can I, probably find us <laughs> there. Yeah, maybe. Um, I- Anywhere you have us, uh, rate us, review us, subscribe, and send to your friends and... Seriously, do not drink and
1: drive, and uh, we do have a patreon as well we got We have some new microphones we 're talking into today, and that is thanks to the the very kind people who give us money to talk mm-hmm. about. All the stupid stuff we talk about. So we we
0: love everyone all the same. We, if you if you can can chip in some money and help us get some new fancy microphones or do something stupid like watch the 1997 hit James Cameron film Titanic and film my own reactions to it and make Ben edit four hours of audio. Yeah. <laughs> or if you don't, I totally we you come to the end of these episodes every week and we appreciate it and we love you everyone. It we are so. So thankful that you've come with us on this Futurama journey, and
1: we're not quite done yet. It has been a dream, taking it back to the beginning. Oh, oh yeah. I uh, dreamed a dream, and it was this podcast. And the man with no face is in the corner wearing his top hat okay, and I'm, chest. I'm okay, I'm getting less
0: and less comfortable with the man with no face in the corner.
1: So, until next time, I'm Ben, and I'm scared. And I'm the man with no face. Oh, no. How can you talk? You don't have a mouth. Goodbye from from the the world world of of tomorrow.